0: When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast in our summer, in our bathing togs, our budgie smugglers. We're still kind of mentally on holiday from the foo bar. So, tonight we have another edition of the ever so Lovely 50 Years of Chelsea, which we've been doing since uh, the beginning of lockdown. And occasionally we pop in and have a look at another season to look back on it, sometimes in anger, sometimes in joy, most often in bewilderment. And uh, I suppose this season's. Uh, ticks all of those boxes really It is the (laughs) season that is 2002 2003 20 years ago and uh, also marks the anniversary 20 years ago I had my first season ticket at Stamford Bridge would you believe only about 20 years too late compared to all of my lovely friends Uh, but uh, a comeback I did with a vengeance this year so I'm looking forward to this one Uh, now of course as always I have the absolute legend with me that is also known as Susanna's
1: friend Yes, I think I'll be called that from now on. I remember going to a game. um, I remember watching, I think it was at Scarborough in the Cup, and I took some notes because I was going to stick some stuff up on my website. This bloke next to me said... um, he said, uh, What are you doing that for? Are you a journalist? I said, No, no, no. I'm, I'm just doing it for a website. And from then, forever afterwards, that season, I kept bumping into, into him and I was called Website. And I thought, Oh my goodness, this name is going to take me over in the same way that it didn't. I'd say that I suspect um, Susanna's friend might take me over for a, for a small portion of the season. I'd be happy to go with it, though, actually. I quite like it. Except as long as it's not friend of Dorothy. I don't think I'd go with that very much. No.
0: Who's, who's, who's Dorothy?
1: Uh that's rather theatrical and you need to know all about it. It's um
0: Is it a bit like Alan Smithy?
1: No, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> no, so you, know, you no. know what Alan Smithy is?
1: Uh, an Alan Smithy, I thought he played for Arsenal.
0: Nope. Alan Smithy is what happens when you direct a film and you stomp off in a fit of pique. Not that I've ever done that before, honestly. You're
1: playing I, I, an I, Alan Smithy. I
0: have. They they no, the film ends up being directed by Alan Smithy. I know something showbiz that you don't know.
1: I've never <laughs> heard of this and I have to check it up because I think you may just have made that up. I'm
0: going I'm uh,
1: you know to Google it during the show. I yeah, share no, I'm going to Google it now as well while yeah, you're introducing the, yeah, the, yeah. the brain of Stanford Bridge. Well, you, you um, introduce it. a friend it. of Dorothy, Dorothy, I'll, I'll give you the origin of that as well. We'll swap origin, okay. possibly not on air. This is an origin on, on episode. While we're doing this show. We've gone for a tangent immediately. Wow. I want to
0: introduce our
1: guest. Oh, you normally do it. No, you do times. it. I'm being magnanimous. Okay, okay. It's the wonderful, the great, the full of stories. The I I take my hat off to him and I bow in, in obeisance to the, the great brain of Stamford Bridge, the amusing, the
2: excellent Mark Meehan. Thank you very much, Susanna's actor friend. <laughs> we missed out the actor. You missed friend. out the actor, yes. Susanna yes, Fred actor. sounds
1: a bit dubious, doesn't it? You're right. Exactly.
2: Susanna's actor friend has a yeah. much more... Yeah. beautiful ring to yeah, it. Yeah, I yes. could deal with that. Thank you so much.
0: I'm afraid he's right, actually. Susanna's friend sounds a bit like a sex aid, to be honest. In, in, in my head, it does anyway. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Delighted, should... delighted to be on the show this evening. It's already gone completely pear-shaped. We should start again, we're not even, we, are really? not even four minutes in. This we should is... start no, again. No, no, this is, this
0: is what we want. This is what we want. Oh, uh, there we go. It's going to be a fun one tonight, I can tell. Uh, now, listen, before we get rolling on 2002-2003, uh, just a quick reminder that uh, we do have uh, a Patreon page. We have a, the equivalent of a, an internet uh, show begging bowl. That's right. Uh penny for an ex-leper, uh, if you can spare a shekel, then chuck it our way, because it all helps me to carry on doing these infernal shows. Uh, but you do get something back in return. Uh, you get my eternal love and gratitude, obviously, uh, but you also get a, a, if you want one, you get a signed carried or maybe sometimes signed Kerry Dixon mini-banner, like a replica of the one hanging up in the Matthew Harding Upper. You automatically get to join our Discord group, and you, you get invited cordially to our Premier League Predictions League, which is probably the most addictive thing uh, in the world uh, that hasn't come out of, uh, probably the only addictive thing in the world that that hasn't come out of South America. It is that good. So there you go. Uh, Discord uh, is brilliant. Join that. Premier League predictions and a Kerry Dixon banner. What more can you want? Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea FanCast. There's no pressure. You give as much or as little as you want. There are no tears or anything like that. We're not a hierarchical or- organisation,
1: as you, you get will to all do know. a question and answer with us as well.
0: We do do that. And there will be... There, you yeah. know, there's an international break coming up in September, JK. Yeah. And I'm yeah. thinking that we should do a big Q&A uh,
1: that weekend. Have Definitely. To do it. To do it. We like let's those. Just say, let's just say, that a friend of is Dorothy Parker, of course, the Amer- <gasps> American um, cr- critic yes. and socialite of the... Uh, the 1930s. Part of the Algonquin set.
0: Hell, chidge!
1: Oh, oh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, Brainer Britain. Here we go. Just call me Brake Bob. In. Just Brake call me
2: Bob.
1: With, a, with a, an American slam dunk.
2: A well slam
0: done. dunk. So there we go. Now I am really looking forward to uh, tonight's show. I'm. what I always look forward to when I'm, I get to talk to Jonathan and Mark for a few hours. But. Uh, this season does have special significance for me because, um, after, well, I, I, I never had a, stand, a, a, a season ticket at Stamford Bridge before. I used to go a few times, but that was it. So it was a massive thing for me to get cajoled by the newfound mob that I had found, uh, which uh, the centre of which was Dr Mart, of course. And uh, he and I got season tickets next to each other in the wonderful Gate 17 and uh, I am still there to this day. So it was 20 years ago this this uh, season that I, I came back and had a season ticket. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, um, there are, as we always do, we start off with the kits. Uh, we've got the same kit as last season, the very nice uh, Umbro uh, blue kit with the collar. We've got, an, uh, a you know, we still retained the third kit, which is basically more often than not the white shirt, uh, usually used with a variation of shorts and stockings, as I believe they're known. Uh, but we do have a new, bla- uh, new uh, away kit, which is I I like so much. I'm actually modelling it tonight. Am I not, J.K.?
1: Yes, yes, it, it's it's great. It really is. It's a top banana kit that it's, uh, and it's so simple if you think about it. And yet, it it and they look great in it. You know, it's it the little blue flashes on it as well, black. Um black with the blue underneath, a blue a blue how do you express that? A blue underarm pit flesh. Yes. I think you'd call it. Wouldn't something, you? something like yeah. that. Yeah. Side with flash. Some little little blue stripes on the shoulder. But it was just um it just looked good. It looked good. There's lo-
0: something about a black kit, I think. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, I mean Everton had one too.
1: Quite a few clubs were doing this. Do you know
0: what I thought was interesting? And I only realized this when we reviewed uh, the season a couple of seasons back, Mark. Um, I think, actually, this is not a new and innovative kit. They just nick the goalkeeper's kit. If you remember a season or two ago, this is the
2: goalkeeper shirt. You remember that? Yeah, Carlo Cudicini modelled it you know, several years earlier. Nonetheless, I do like the kits, And it began a run with Umbro where we, regularly as the third kit, began to have black feature. Mm. So there's a number over the next five or six seasons. Black was a frequent um, third-choice kit, and they always were good kits. So, yeah, well, well done to Umbro. Mike, please take note. This is what a good third kit looks like.
1: Quite right. Fat chance of that. Other than, I think they were copied by, once again, they did that thing of not being original enough. And I think, as you said, Everton had the same away idea for black kits, which was something that I, I didn't approve of with Umbro, which made me think they were a bit cheap, the fact that other teams had the same design. But looking back, you know, with hindsight, oh, I wish we'd had Umbro now because oh. of the, the the ridiculousness of the current kit. For example, I went into, um, uh Nike yesterday and actually examined the kits it close up. And I was with my daughter who said, oh, what's all that blue rubbish around the collar? She's 13. And I said, yeah, well, exactly what looks, is like, that? A,
0: looks like a
2: J cloth, doesn't it?
1: It's worse, it looks like somebody's you know just rubbed something on it. She's oh, done sorry. it, mate. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well,
2: I I was in the mega store today and I had a look at the new shirt to see if it looked any better in the flesh. And for your seventy four pounds ninety five of the Queen's English money, uh, you can purchase said item. Um, if you took that blue stuff out of the collar, it would be a really good kit. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a sh-
2: I, a sh- I agree. Sh- I, agree. I agree, agree with
1: you. I agree. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's entirely- that. that that ludicrous idiocy that they've got with it, but
2: that. inspired by Ted Drake for some strange reason. I'm not sure. I think Ted Drake would turn in his grave if he saw like that. More likely
0: yeah. to have been inspired by Ted Lasso, I fear. But there yeah. we go. Um, right, there were ins and outs yeah. as there well. I was about to leap into this, as there always are. I was about to say, but this season was peculiar for uh, one reason and one reason alone. We only. Well, I know there's going to be a debate about this in a minute, but historically we've always thought we only made one signing this season and it was Enrique, or known as Kike De Lucas, who came in uh, on a free from a Spaniel. Um, but uh, we had some youth promotions, of course, as we often do. Alexis Nicholas and Lenny Pidgeley, uh were transferred from the youth. But, of course, we also we actually signed for money another youngster called Felipe Oliveira. Uh, from Porto for half a million, which I'd completely forgotten about, Mark, in the annals of time.
2: Indeed, and I'd I'd forgotten as well. It's only by us both researching for this show that we realised, actually, we did sign him in the close season He didn't play much. He never made a first-team start for Chelsea, um, did Felipe. Uh, He made eight subs appearances, I think five this season. (coughs) Then a bit of a nomadic career. I think he played in Romania. I think he played in the Far East. I uh, went back to Portugal. So a bit of a journeyman career, um, but never set Stamford Bridge alight.
0: Indeed. And uh, we did have some outs as well. We lost Sam Dalabona, which saddened me, uh, to for, to AC Milan for a million, although he refused to sign a new contract, so he wanted to go back to Italy. Uh, mercifully, we also let Slavisa Jekanovic go uh, to Cuidad de Mercia for nothing, which was probably about what he was worth. I mercy they, on they, mer- they mercy paid him. him.
1: They paid him to. Yeah. They, sorry, they paid they paid them to take him.
0: Well, it's interesting actually. On the on the review DVD, it said he retired, which was maybe maybe he went to a retirement home in Ciudad de, de Mercia.
1: Who knows? He was hopeless. He was, but he was and they replaced him with somebody equally hopeless. Well,
0: indeed. Um, we also let Ratty Alexidza, probably the favourite name of a Chelsea player ever. One of them, anyway. Uh, he he went to Dinamo Tbilisi free. Uh, and the last, but by low means least, this was not a transfer, but we need to talk about this. We might as well get this out of the way now. Uh, Mark Arsic, as I used to call him, uh, also known as Mark Bosnich, was sacked in September, Mark,
2: for being very, very naughty. He failed a drugs test and uh, he was sacked by the club after getting a nine-month ban um, from the Premier League as well. A shame... Because as we said on the last show, when he was fit, he was a very good goalkeeper for Chelsea. He,
1: he was brilliant. Those few games he played, he was absolutely top draw, top top player. It was such a disappointment. You wonder whether the fact that he then got injured, didn't get his place back, he just thought, well, what shall I do? I might as well just paint the town red. But uh, foolish boy, really foolish. But having said that, Goodychini was so wonderful for the whole season that you, you he would never have got in anyway. So
0: unless of course cutters got got injured which which does happen. I mean it's a bit of a weird thing. I mean again, you know, my my uh, memories of this season were that we we didn't buy anybody because we were basically skint. But actually I was reminded on the on the review that uh, a lot of Premier League clubs were concerned about the escalating wage bills. And the uncertainty, I mean, it almost sounds nuts to say this now, doesn't it? But the uncertainty about TV money. And actually, at the beginning of the season, there were of rumours that we'd have to sell some big names, more of that in a minute. Um, But the other side of that coin, and in a sense, we've seen that in recent history, because we had very few ins and outs, it did kind of make for a settled squad. And Frank Lampard made the point that actually a lot of the lads, because we'd made quite a lot of signings the year before, and it actually it it had allowed them to bed in a little bit better and actually having that settled squad did actually allow for perhaps a bit more consistency than we've been used to seeing we'll, we'll talk about that uh in in uh, you know throughout the show uh, the other significant loss uh was uh, was colin hutchinson mark
2: real shame after 15 years um he went to spend more time with his family um and uh he was replaced and i'm sure we'll talk about him over the course of the next couple of hours by a guy called trevor birch uh former shrewsbury town midfield maestro who actually played against chelsea in jeff hurst's first match in charge in the 79 80 season when Shrewsbury won 3-0 at gay meadow
0: Um, and of course there'll be more about both trevor birch and shrewsbury later oh yes now uh Pre-season, um, I, I shall ask Mark if he went to any of these in a minute. But uh, And JK. I don't discount JK. He may well have been there as well. Uh, anyway, we beat Kaskia 8-0 in a friendly. Oxford United 3-1 in a friendly. Portsmouth 3-1. Wickham Wanderers 1-0. Aldershot 5-1. I like that. You know, Oxford, Portsmouth, Wickham and Aldershot proper. That's what I, you know, our generation would call a proper pre-season friendly right right exactly uh then we went to this the, the best thing about this tournament was the sponsor in my view birra moretti and a, a superb italian lager which i am rather fond of actually so we played in the birra moretti tournament which bizarrely was a series of halves ah no there we go sponsored uh. by a beer company and it was, it's a game of two halves i like it so we basically drew nil nil with juventus in 45 minutes and then lost no oh, well, we lost on penalties apparently and then we lost to inter milan 3-0 in the other half uh and then the last friendly of the season in pre-season was uh, we drew with Roda 3-3 so there we go have you ever heard of 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 a you know of that kind of 45 minute very american idea isn't it jk i
1: don't think it's ever been done ever since since then actually it seems bizarre that the between games with the halves must have gone on on forever while you just replace the teams yeah um but uh, I suppose the uh, the general public at least is terribly aware that it's uh, pre-season, or perhaps they're not. Um, um, I, I presume if Ranieri was involved, the team that took place in the second half was completely different from the one that took place well, in the first half. But that seems to be quite the norm now, it doesn't it? Well, quite seem. the norm for Ranieri in a normal game, really, to
2: be honest. Yeah, normal,
0: absolutely, yeah. There you go. Mark, what say you about Bira Moretti?
2: what a fantastic sponsor for a tournament and i was actually drinking it the other night as well it's a it's a lovely beer but when you think about it it's 20 years ago and it's only in the last few years that moretti has really made an impact on the market over here so you know i would not have heard of moretti 20 years ago you know it would would be an unknown business. but i think it's a great idea and maybe because it was 45 minutes who knows yeah, everyone was going for a quick pint at half time and that's why it was only forty five minutes. And, I'd yeah, like, I'd like to them. think so.
0: I'd like to think I'd so.
2: I'd like to I'd like to think so. Well, yeah, actually, fair play at the Italians. What, what what a great way to have a pre season friendly. But yeah, you're right as well. Yeah, some some decent teams in there. That's a proper pre season for Chelsea. Yeah,
0: we're we're talking Oxford Aldershot and, and Portsmouth and Wickham, not not Juventus and Inter Milan people, just for the avoidance of doubt there. Anyway, uh, it all kicked off as it always does in August. We were away at Charlton. Um Which was, I think, a bonkers match. Uh, Were either of you two there? Yes. Bonkers match, J.K.
1: Yes, but I, 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 I'm afraid I found so many of this season's matches bonkers, Um, just because you know. Once again, you never knew who was going to be playing. Ferrer made an appearance. I thought. I thought. I wonder what on earth had happened to him, and, um, um, but yes. uh how did we end up there? We ended up uh oh God, what was the score? Chidge. Um, what was it? Grunkier Grunkier score. I'll run
0: through what happened. One, two, I mean, basically uh terrible error error by your mate Ferrer uh, yeah. on seven minutes, Koncheski put him ahead, then Rufus scored on thirty-three, Zola pulled one back on forty-three minutes, Colton Cole, who'd come on oh, as yes, a substitute for Franco yes. Zola on yes. eighty-four minutes, scored, and then Lampard, uh right at the death, 89 minutes, right time, right place, classic Lampard goal. Uh, Konczewski was sent off on 25 minutes for elbowing De Lucas, whose debut it was, in the chops.
1: Yes, um, I don't think he did, looking back at that, actually. I, I, uh, I forensically analysed it and thought it was a very, very unfair dismissal. Um, I don't know what angle the referee was looking at it but uh, from, but yes, it... Um, uh, he was quite. He was quite a decent player. They had some decent players. Charlton at the time, and it was uh, it was a shame that they, they they got ideas above their station and tried to then sack the manager and tried to invest some more money and it all fell apart and they've ended up uh, never reachieving their uh, their Premier League status. But they they had some decent players. Um, who was it? it? Was Good Ewell was a decent player and the. Um, the boy Lisby always used to score against us. Was uh, was was you know? You, it it was never easy going there. Well, they also, always they also had Graham Stewart playing for him. They did, they did. I always thought, about being another local derby, there are lots of local derbies, obviously. And I always thought they upped their game against us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, we had the appearance, of course, of um, uh, of uh, of Zola being t- the, the Zola, despite this possibly being his best. Well, it being his best ever season, replaced by. Cole early on who um, uh, similarly um, as we'll discover is um, uh, looked an absolutely fabulous prospect and therefore I didn't quite understand why he then went on loan to Wolves for a month I don't, there were so many things that went on in this season that just amused me but yeah this was a really exciting game and um, uh, setting up glimpses of what the, the, the rest of the season would be like I mean um, um, there was no uh, Hasselbank, was there? Playing? No, in this he did. Game.
0: He started. He started. Oh, did he start yeah, in yeah.
1: this one? Oh, I'm sorry, I've put it wrong. Was it? No, it was Good Johnson who didn't play in it was this Good game.
0: Johnson who didn't play this game. Good well, Johnson. It...
1: I knew there was yeah. one that he'd left out because we we spent the last session talking about the fact that he had three of the best players in the league and he didn't ever seem to want to play no. them together. And I think we see the same we pattern do. again here.
0: This is, is going to be have. a consistent theme. We were saying at the. Funny uh, enough, Mark and I were talking about this when we were, when we had the CST lunch today, but. You know, we were all saying at the end of the 2001-2 the, uh, two show that, uh, you know, Ida and Jimmy up front in a two with Zola behind would have been perfect as a three up front. Yeah. And did he ever play that? Well, he did occasionally.
1: occasionally Not but enough! Rarely.
0: Not yeah. enough! for well, my Never. it Nike. should have been permanent. I think what we'll discover yeah, no, with the
1: whole no. of this season is that he should have had a settled side. We talked about this with the last season. If he'd had a settled side, they'd have all got to know each other better. They'd have been used to it. It's like... Soxie playing with Baba used to work very well indeed. But we will discover that for uh, reasons only known to the great eccentric, smiling clown figure of Ranieri, he would just pick players because he felt like it. And this season is another example of his utter idiocy. OK, there you go.
0: Uh, don't hold back, JK. Just d- just sit on the fence. I re- find I relive mate. this, Chid. I, know I relive you do. this. You're, you're right, right this, back there. And
1: I am there right watching it. I, I saw nearly every game. I even went to Vikings to well, well,
0: okay. Well, 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 hold off. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Keep your Vikings to yourself. Right. The, f- the first home game of this season, which I remember vividly because it was my first home game as a season ticket holder. I probably won't say that for the last time tonight. Uh, but it was against Man United. And it was a great game, actually. Um, Gallus, the great William Gallus, actually, who scored a lot of useful goals this season, opened the scoring uh, on three minutes, much to my delight. Great shot. Beckham scored a really good goal on 26 minutes. Uh, Zenden scored a really good goal on 45 minutes. And then Ryan Giggs scored a, a goal on 66 minutes. And now uh the other interesting things about this were that john terry and jody morris had been acquitted the night before if you remember from the last show we did they had been in a in a fracas in a nightclub uh, you know allegations of people being bottled etc etc well they were both cleared of that the night before uh the other interesting thing about this match was it was it was a televised game but it was a friday night game so we had this weird weird thing of going to a friday night massive game um the other thing i would say that I picked up from rewatching this was that Zendon played brilliantly, and he would made a pretty good start to the season actually. And also, how much Silvestre had outpaced and outmuscled De Lucas for the cross for Ryan Giggs' goal, which was just horrendous to relive. Bottom line is, Mark, we should have won that
2: game. Agreed, cracking game. Uh, unusual, even back then, and when you look at where we are now, twenty years later, for a game to be played on a Friday night. But what a cracking game. Two-all draw, end-to-end stuff. William Gallis got us off to a good start. Uh, Beckham gets one back. Good goal from Zenden. Probably Zenden's best ever game for us. He was hit and miss, sadly, his, his Chelsea career. And poor goal to give away. Absolutely agree. I think the other thing about Deluca's, um, I've just picked out a few programmes from that season. And there's an interview with De Lucas, And obviously, you know, new, new to the the country. English would not necessarily be his first language. And he tells the story of when he first arrived, and obviously he's learning English, uh, and he has a chat with Gary Staker, who was supposedly the translator for non-speaking English players. Uh, player uh, liaison, mate. Player liaison, the PLO, the player liaison officer. And Gary Staker asked Kike De Lucas what he likes to do. And whether he read it, And was trying to remember the word. Yeah. He said, I like cocking.
0: (laughs) Don't we all?
2: (laughs) It clearly made me like cooking, (laughs) but maybe, maybe, maybe the O was in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. My name, my name is Kike De Lucas. I am from Barcelona.
2: Yeah. So it it was, it was his fault. Uh, But coming back to, yeah, coming back to the, the day before, absolutely. Uh, We talked about it on the last show. Uh, Good news in terms of John Terry and Jodie Morris acquitted of all charges. And this is the interesting thing, because um the guy from Wimbledon, was it Des Ryan, who I couldn't remember ever playing for Wimbledon, who was charged with them, Um, he was found guilty of possessing a bottle. It's it quite interesting, if you think back to the last show, what the allegation was, that either Jodie Morris or John Terry threw the bottle, well, the only person found guilty of anything, um Des Byrne, that was his name, Des Byrne, uh, and he was fined uh, two thousand pounds. And what was interesting, bearing in mind twenty years ago, his salary at the time playing for Wimbledon was like seventy-five thousand pounds. Seemed to me back then a lot of money for a Wimbledon player. But may- maybe I'm, I'm 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 mistaken. What a week! No, seventy-five pounds annual salary. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, nuts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, think where, where where we are now. But yeah, should have been three points. Um, Good game, um, but yeah, we should have won it. Can I did. say that
1: the, the de Lucas being um uh, out-muscled by Silvestri was a, a constant with de Lucas, who was um every time he played, uh, off the pace, um, incapable of passing to anybody in a blue shirt, and um, uh, looked a bundle of nerves. Uh, um, so it was it was like somebody from the under 13s was playing in an adult game every time he appeared so it's no surprise that uh, silvestri out muscled him also the um, they did it on the friday because they were attempting at the beginning of the premier league weren't they to make it into uh, a kind of nfl that was the aim of the the the, the premier league was so friday it was friday night football in the same way that they do monday night yeah. football and call it and call it um mnf they called this was uh, FNF, wasn't it? That was. It was, it to was to definitely
0: FNF, mate. It
1: was very FNF, wasn't it, indeed? But that was the aim. So, young Mian.
2: The other thing that's interesting about this, when you watch the end of season video back, they mention that John Terry is injured. Ironically, Never. yeah, John Terry is rarely injured. Ironically, John Terry does not make a first-team appearance till we play West Ham. Later in the season and we'll talk about that later of course but jody morris doesn't appear till november either uh, so you do wonder whether or not they were being sort of like punished by the club um and they, they they weren't being played not because they were injured but maybe because of what alleged to have happened sort of many many months earlier in the sort of central london nightclub mm-hmm. because over the course of the season this is probably John Terry's, one of his lowest appearances yeah. for Chelsea. He did yeah. get injured yeah.
0: though. He did have a few injuries during the season. got a calf injury at one yeah. stage, didn't he? Yeah. But this was on the naughty step. I'm with you there, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ne- yeah. Next game, we went to uh, Southampton away. one all. Uh, Fernandes put them ahead on 51 minutes and Frank Lampard scored on 80. Another, it was a classic Frank goal. And I think we begin to see this this season. You know, Frank uh, arriving late in the box, getting on the end of one, like a really simple, just put it around the keeper or... Frank uh, kind of drifting towards the edge of the penalty area and getting on the end of one and walloping it in. We started, I think, this season, we started to see the Frank Lampard we grew to know and love so well over the next 15 years.
1: According to um, Graham uh, um autobiography about the season, um, Ranieri favoured huge running um, uh, training days, really, really pushed them through it. And um, uh, Soxie felt that... Uh, frank really benefited from it he he found he said the the older players didn't and actually found it too knackering by the end of the of a game they'd actually be you know be blowing out of their their asses with attempted to keep up with it but frank clearly benefited because he started doing what dennis wise did was always winning all the the long distance aspect of it and they felt that he got stronger and stronger and he he actually said that in his book that he thought that the two who benefited from Ranieri were frank and jt because jt was being being tutored by Mar, uh, marcel desai um uh but um Uh, that was he actually felt was a was a Soxie felt was a negative um, with the strange training methods but one the one person who benefited hugely was was Frank who just gets better and better as the season goes on
0: definitely the other thing that I mean I'm sure a lot of people know this but but Frank in that season and certainly probably before um took a lot of uh uh, you know i wouldn't say that zola mentored him but i mean Fra- uh, gianfranco legendarily trained very very hard and would practice and practice and practice particularly his free kicks and frank would do the same he would he learned in a sense to 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 take training that seriously and practice very hard so perhaps another re- another reason why he ended up being the the player that he he so obviously was Anyway, guess who we have next in September? We have our old friends, our old dear friends, those bitter, bitter rivals. Bitter because they drink lattes all the time. Yes, the Arsenal. And uh, again, actually, I thought we played pretty well, Mark. Uh, Zola opened the scoring with a cracker on 34 minutes. Uh, Toure equalised on 60. Uh, Patrick Vieira got his obligatory red card against us on 50. Um, I was disappointed that we drew this. I mean, uh, I mean, this the, you know, my state of mind about Arsenal, uh, you know, at uh, this period of our history, is one of utter despair and infuriation that we could never fucking beat them. So every time we played them, I was thinking, is this the game we're going to beat them? Uh, and I was really hopeful for this, and it didn't quite happen.
2: No, we had to wait another year before that happened. Uh, at that time, I was working in Camden. So that's a hotbed for Arsenal fans. So I was surrounded by them. So it was an unburial period for me. This run they had, this almost hoodoo sign they had over us. But you're right, yeah, you know, we did play well. Uh it's in front of the cameras. Uh the obligatory red card for Arsenal, again, another red card. The interesting thing for me about this game um was Hasselbank was on the bench. And in the first three games of the season, he'd been substituted each time. Um and I don't know whether that was sort of a an early sign of Ranieri tinkering. But I don't think Jimmy was happy at the start of the season. I think that was abundantly clear. There were rumours um, with our financial situation that he had been linked um, with um, a transfer to Barcelona before the end of the August window. But Hasselbank, you do not put him on the bench. He's a, you know The form he was in with Good Johnson the previous season should have been nailed on, first name on the team sheet every single week.
1: Personally, I thought it was insulting. I thought at the time I I was such a critic of Ranieri all the way through. I just thought this was just absurd, you know. uh, Once again, he's got Zola, who turns out this season to be in the form of his life, completely phenomenal performance all season, and he doesn't get in the team lots of the time. And uh, and Good Johnson, similarly brilliant. We've established how brilliant they were as a pair with Zola behind, and yet uh, he doesn't select. he, He farts about as usual, Ranieri at the beginning of the season. But yes, I think he was slightly off. Um, when he did play, I think he wasn't—he didn't quite have his shooting boots on—but um, he could get a ball, a goal from anywhere, Hasselbank. And also the thing what people don't uh, pay much attention to was his pace, brilliant pace and brilliant skill. I mean, just one of the one of the great great strikers, Hasselbank. Yeah. So you play one of the great strikers all the time. You do not put them on the bench, Ranieri. Yeah. Um, but you know this is just absolutely typical. And I say about Arsenal of the time? Um, uh, I'm not surprised they got these yellow cards and sending off because they were very physical indeed. Their midfield was inexorable. It really was unbelievably competitive. It's no surprise to me that they put all before them in the whole of the season because they were a top, top side. But it was based hugely on the the speed and press of the midfield who completely swamped. Um, teams who weren't quite capable enough. And we'll find later on that Ranieri just really didn't know how to play against them with some of his selections that he made and his his decisions of what formations to choose against Arsenal. And he, but you have to admit Armory was great. Um, Vieira is a terrific player, was a terrific player. Um, Will Tor was always snapping on people's uh, on the on the bits that Armory left. And you've got Bergkamp as well and you've got Touré. I mean they really were. Uh, that really was a great a great yeah. series of players, you know. So it, it it depressed me that we lost to them, but you look back on it and think actually, this was a terrific Arsenal side. So, well, I mean, you know, they
0: went on and de- became the invincibles the next season. Indeed, they, of course. So indeed, indeed, in in a way, no surprise. Uh, yeah. In a way, it should have been no surprise that we then go away to Blackburn, uh, and uh, and uh, you know. Well, we did. We won, didn't we? Three one. What my? We won. About? I know. I'm, I'm, misread, yeah, won. I'm misreading my notes. Yeah, I mean that is a surprise actually, because Blackburn become a bit of a bogey side for us in a funny old way. Um, this was a, a, a comedy goal after Gronkowski's missed kick on eighty minutes was the 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 crucial well the the crucial goal plus a superb uh, Zola a classic uh, superb cola uh, co- bloody hell, I'll try and get my teeth in superb cola. Cola curler from Zola <laughs> fucking elchigi and I'm not I'm not even drunk I'm and sober take today take 3 take 500 yes a superb curler classic from Zola mark i mean you know he was really proving that he was absolutely i mean he'd actually had a lot of um intense uh pre-season training hadn't he and he'd been in good form in pre-season so he carried that on into the season
2: didn't he mark yeah, two good goals in this game, but you know, the highlight of this one is that Gronkier moment. Yes, <laughs> um, He's only got the goalkeeper at a beat and somehow slices it and it's heading over from the corner flag where it uh, ironically gets picked up by Zola who brings it back in and whacks it in the top corner. But a dreadful miss by Gronkier. Yeah. But that, that probably called an assist nowadays.
1: Well,
0: indeed. I mean,
2: Gron- I'm
1: sorry to contradict you here, Mark. I think actually it was Stanich who crossed into the middle for Zola's header. From
2: no, that. I'm talking about the one, the, the one he curls in. Gronkiel's got the
1: Blackburn key. The curled in, I'm talking about the one when he did the dreadful shot, when Gronkiel did the dreadful shot that went out to the side and it just got... And then. Blackburn
0: black thought it was out thought, of blood. Everybody yeah. thought it had gone off,
1: gone out for a, yeah. a throw. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. Sorry, we're, we're at cross purposes, but yeah. But actually, but once again... Blackburn weren't a bad side ever, Chidgett. Uh, no, they, they, they had York and Cole
0: playing for them. They had
1: York and Cole. And also that... And Dunn was a really terrific mm. player for them. And they had that, that boy, Thompson, who yeah. I talked about, it, played for Liverpool, who who uh, I think got called up for England at this stage. No, Dun, Dunn did. It was Dunn who got called Dunn up. Did, well yeah. done, yes. Yes, well done. Well done. Well yeah, anyway. done. Well yeah. done, yeah. Dunn. Done. Yeah. Well, well done, Dunn. Done, done. Done. Very good. But... Um, and uh, Jimmy Floyd did some, some uh, a brilliant little chink to give the ball to Gronkia for the first goal. So, um, But, you know, it, it's, it's so absurd. You watch these highlights and somebody comes in who is brilliant and you think, oh, they're playing superbly, and then they're not in the following know, act because he hasn't picked them.
0: Classic Ranieri. Uh, next game, 3-0 at home against uh, Newcastle. Fairly routine. Couple of Ida goals and a Zola goal in between. Uh, it's Joe Keenan's final appearance. But the interesting other thing about this was You know, Hasselbank's on the bench again, JK. Uh, But also, we had four uh, players out injured already. This is only kind of early September, including both left-backs. So, uh, Mario Stanich stood in as left-back, which I thought was quite something. So, there you go. Um, Anyway, moving on, 19th of September 2002 was a very sad day in Chelsea's history because FA Cup hero and Chelsea legend Ian Hutchinson died at the age of 54, uh, and a minute's uh, silence was uh, held before the game. Mark, wasn't it? Cheech J.K. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be
1: there, and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs>
0: Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: Yep, we had um, Viking Stavanger at home in the UA for Cup. Yeah, And on the morning of the game, yeah, as you said, the sad news came through that Ian Hutchinson passed away. I think you can safely call him a legend 144 appearances for Chelsea in seven seasons 58 goals probably his most memorable season was the sixty-nine seventy season but one of the bravest players you would ever see yeah definitely. yeah the, the amount of times he came back time and time again from injury a heroic player you yeah, know a proper proper old-fashioned you could call him an old-fashioned forward rather than an old-fashioned center forward because he was a, a good four for peter osgood but a tremendous chelsea player i'm really sad And I I had, you know, the fortunate experience just a couple of years earlier to meet Ian, and you couldn't meet a nicer guy. Mm, And also with a great throw.
0: The windmill throw.
2: Windmill throw. Yeah.
0: He definitely, uh, he made Ozzy a better player, I think, that's for sure, when they played together. When they didn't play together, you know, there was always something missing, I felt. Uh, And certainly from what I'm told, because I clearly wasn't there watching it all. But uh, I've heard from, uh, certainly from Ozzy, I heard that from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And Ozzy was obviously very, very gutted about that because he was a great mate of Ian's. And of course, 54 is no age. That's younger than me. That's putting it into context. So there we go. Did they not have a pub
1: together in Windsor? They had a pub
0: together in Windsor. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, as Mark said, this was all before the uh, first leg in the first round of the UEFA Cup against... uh, that the legendary uh, European giants that were Vikings to Vanga. Uh, uh, you would have thought we would have romped home. Um, we did not romp home. Jimmy scored, uh, on 43 minutes. Goal blimey love a duck, knock me down with a feather chief bollocks, but Kike De Lucas scored on 69 minutes. Not his only goal. I don't think, but it's pretty close to it. Uh, anyway, uh, so two nil, uh, on 70 minutes, basically. Uh, and then we, we basically, we blew it. I mean, frankly, um, I mean, okay, he played uh, Felipe Oliveira and Hooth on their debuts, but this is a part, bunch of part-timers. Too many missed chances. Poor goal to concede on 90 minutes by a chap called Ben Wright, whose first club had been Kettering Town and he'd played in the National League bef- uh, for Woking before joining Viking. This is the kind of level we're talking about. Um, so another another clanger dropped in the UEFA Cup. Uh I mean, just absolutely. In, it, maybe, maybe Mark. The fans knew something because, as you rightly said in your notes, only sixteen thousand Chelsea fans were there that night. Yep,
2: yeah, pe- people stayed away whether whether they were voting with their feet or whether it was Uncle Ken's pricing policy. We, we don't know, but really, just frustrating. Uh, we had not learned anything. So, for the third season in succession, we now have a potential UEFA Cup exit looming. Uh, and we haven't actually played any giants of European football in that three-year period.
0: Yeah, my memory, you know, is not the best, as we all know. But I, I have a suspicion that in in those days, in your season
2: ticket, you would get cup games included. I think you got cup games back then, but you didn't get European games. You, you had to pay Europe- separately for you had to pay separately for European games.
0: That would explain why there are only sixteen thousand there then.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm just checking Uncle Ken's pricing policy. So pricing policy back then, uh what do you reckon? Category A? Category B? No idea. What do you reckon? The Giants of Viking, they've got to be category B. So back then, this is 20 years ago, uh, West Low would have been 30 quid, West upper 36, East upper 33, Matthew Harding upper 30, Matthew Harding lower 28 and shed end 30 quid member section 30 quid so what we're paying now for european games is what ken was charging 20 years ago yeah, it says it all really Probably explains it? the sixteen
0: thousand. it do it do, but it do, it do. It didn't
2: matter where it was 6000 sixteen thousand. this was not a good team we had plenty of chances we should not have allowed them 12 seconds to go to get that away goal
0: no absolutely not uh we then have Fulham away next league match. Uh, interestingly, played at Loftus Road. Uh, I can't remember why. Can either of you two remember?
1: Seventy yeah. million quid refit at uh, yep. Raven what,
0: what the hell were they refitting? The the I've, you got me there. Because I mean, they, they, were a... putting,
2: they were they were they were putting seats in because uh, I think they got promoted from the second division. of I think the previous year, but uh, also I think they were sort of like just doing a, a general ground refurbishments. So they had to move out for actually for two seasons. They moved out for two seasons while they did the work to the ground. Wow! So they we we played them again at Loftus Road the following season. Okay. Did they build the rickety... Um
1: Putney End Putney End stand? Then was that where that bit was built? Well, and yep. and I think they refurbished if the, as as much as they could the the old um, Johnny
2: Haynes stand. Yeah, the stand that's, uh, that's no, listed, no no listed, the Johnny yeah. Haynes stand. I think as as was the the Johnny Haynes stand. Um, it was listed. You know, so, it's listed. It, it's listed, and it has the old wooden seats. So it was the Hammersmith Road end, um, uh, and they—I think they built um, on the left and right inside executive areas as well at the Hammersmith Road end, uh, and they rebuilt the Putney ends because
1: actually
0: they were standing, wasn't there? You could yeah, you could uh,
2: stand in the Putney end in those
0: days. I'm sure of it. You could. Oh, that would have uh, meant and... they
1: didn't qualify for the um, for being in the Premier League. That's right. Yeah, well, exactly. I
0: remember. Uh, the Man United played them in the cup a few years before that, and it was standing. And they were, yeah. Anyway, we digress. Let's not talk about Fulham. Uh, what I will talk about is that Jesper Gronkia, in his inimitable fashion, was misfiring again. He was, he did this. You know, I mean, the great thing about him was he's one of those kind of wingers that he had no idea what he was doing. So therefore, the opposition defence had no idea what he was doing. It was a wonderful. I don't, I can't remember which game it was this season, but there was a wonderful bit on the on the highlights where Jimmy Floyd Pat Hasselbank put him through. I think it might have been against Charlton, actually, but we'll talk about that match later. But Jimmy put him through, and he head down the wing, beat a couple of players, and then Jimmy had run into the penalty area, and all the defenders were running back. Jimmy stopped, so he's now on the edge of the penalty area, and the obvious thing to do was to pass the ball, square it to Jimmy, who would have a pop. And Gronkjaer basically managed to hit the ball like 100 feet over the bar, Jimmy stood there doing the teapot. I mean, it was just absolutely classic. You remember Most
1: that on a couple of occasions when Gronkia scored well, by hitting, doing exactly that, hitting the ball right into the corner, yeah. and Jimmy was in exactly the same position. Yeah. Jimmy wasn't, wasn't pleased then I, either.
0: No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you could make a movie out of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's facial expressions whilst playing football. I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> you delightful. He always
1: knew what he felt. But well, this was the tr- trouble with Gronkia. Uh, deeply skilled and really quick, but. Was likely to um, um, make decisions that were just completely incorrect and, yeah. and uh, blasting over, hitting straight across the the face of the goal when it was easier just to play a normal cross well, or a pass.
0: Around this time, I mean, where where, where where Martin and I were sitting, as you as you know, I still sit there now. We're in the like the uh, last row from the back, uh, so there's one row behind us, which is the backing gate 17. And in those days, behind us, they still go actually now and again, but a whole group of proper proper working class lads. And they all used to drink in in the George pub, which is now an estate agent's. The one the one on the roundabout that goes up uh, to uh, uh, North End Road, right? And they all used to drink in that pub. We used to we used to go in there occasionally have a few drinks with them. But they were very very funny, and them and me and Mart basically nicknamed uh, Jesper Gronke Forest this season we used to shout we were up at the back run Forrest run you know because <laughs> he was he was like Forrest Gump he just ran and, and he had no idea what he was doing you know because uh, he said know was I am not a smart man but I know about football or something like that I don't know so there we go uh good old Forrest anyway nil nil at uh at Loftus Road we then have West Ham at home um and it starts rather well uh, because Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank gets a penalty on 21 minutes, 1-0 uh, up. Then, uh, of course, as he always did, D- Jermaine Defoe scored on 40 minutes. And uh, the most bizarre thing happened next because I can't remember now whether I was stuck at the bar in Gate 17 or I'd decided to go for a piss because I'd drunk so much before. But either way, I managed to miss uh, Di Canio's goal on 48 minutes, which, it has to be said, was an absolute doozy of a goal it really really was uh so uh you know what a knob basically but there we go and now we were third in the table West Ham were bottom of the table with no win all season so you know what an absolute surprise that uh, West Ham managed managed to beat us 3-2 with of course Di Canio getting the winner after Zola had scored an absolute worldie of a free kick I think the main takeaway. From for me, apart from missing missing a goal, because I, I I'm very good. I don't you know I'll hold it in and I won't go for a pee. And I you know I I I always pride myself in not missing any of the football, but I did that day. Um, our first defeat of the season. Uh, Ranieri changes from four four two, and effectively decides to uh, ditch uh, playing Zendon and Gronkyard together because he felt we were losing the battle in midfield, which is a an arguable point, I suppose. Jk. Ah,
1: uh, yeah yes I suppose so but you know once again it, it, he's not taking into consideration the the status of this kind of game and the amount of effort that's made always in a local derby particularly against the hammers he's just entered it with a kind of you know let me find um a team that um uh, the team that worked last week and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll even though it worked quite well I'll just change it round so I, I I'd love to think that Ranieri looked at the opposition and um, uh, and, and selected teams accordingly. But um, um, once again, quoting from Graham Lasso's book, um, he would practice defensive drills, knowing the opposition would do certain things on the uh, Friday, and then all the players who'd been involved in the defensive drills wouldn't take part on the Saturday.
0: <laughs> Seriously? Yep. That's absolutely nuts, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a few
1: quotes I'll read to you from yeah, no, Grant.
0: book. that would be good. That would be, be good. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we end up uh, September as in fifth in the league. Um, we'd only been beaten once. We'd, uh, we'd played both uh, United and... Uh, well, we played United, Arsenal and Newcastle, all, all of whom were going to be there or thereabouts. So it wasn't a bad start by any means. Uh, we then have Viking in the return leg, uh, in the UEFA Cup first round uh, away over in uh, wherever they are. Dem- Where were, they? were they Norwegian? Stavanger.
1: Norwegian. Yeah. yeah, Stavanger.
0: Stavanger. Yeah, that's right. Well, it didn't go well at all. In fact, this was an absolute horror show. Uh, Burr scored on nine minutes for them. Koptev on 34. Lampard got one back on 45 minutes. And then Nevland made it 3-1, by which time it was, let me just think, 4 all on aggregate. And then Neville scored. Oh, actually, I'm wrong. It was 2-1. So it will have been 2-all, 3-2, 3-all, 4-3. Yeah. Neville makes it 4-3 on 60. Terry gets one back on 62. So it's now
1: 4 And we're winning All-all. on the away goal. We're winning state.
0: on a, we're winning on the away goal. That's right. And yeah. guess what? Neville pops up uh, on 87 minutes and scores to knock us out. Uh, it was Terry's uh, first appearance of the season. Um, but, uh, Mark... And J. K. Mark first awful, awful defensive performance, really. Uh, and of course, uh, you know that's the uh, we're knocked out of the Europe of Europe in round one for the third time in three seasons by you know relatively uh, lightweight opposition. What a load of old arse gravy! But you've got a very interesting fact about Peter Koptev.
2: Yeah, Peter Koptev, uh, who scores Viking's second goal, was a trained classical pianist <laughs> but but to be fair to Peter he wasn't hitting the wrong notes that night we Ooh. were didn't
1: yeah, they have I've, several other um, uh, amateur performers um, uh, footballers who actually were doing quite well in other professions playing for them I thought he wasn't the only one
2: they, 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 may were, well, they might they have mean, even been amateur footballers it was that lower standard it was, it was that him. lower standard yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was
1: it. Well, uh, what I found w- w- was how brilliantly I'd suppressed all of this, and just watching it, I thought, "Oh God, I remember I was there," and, uh, and the kind of false hope of thinking, "Oh, we've got we're 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 winning on away goals. We'll be able to 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 keep just keep this. Surely we're we're a Premier League club, and they're a completely unknown group of amateurs. Surely we'll have no problem." And whoops, they score another goal, and I've just ah, uh, it was. It was one of those kind of games, you just think, how have we managed to do this? What, where, Uh, you can't, you can't, I know one tries to analyse the the reasons, the patterns that they've got into that allows them to dominate the game and score goals. But you, you just, at the end, you, you, you get back on the plane and, you know, hang around and get to bed about six o'clock in the morning and thankful you're not working that following day as I wasn't so uh, and then it goes out of your memory until I do this show and it comes back in again Ah!
0: well I mean what, what I would say is that you know he didn't put a shonky team out or anything that's a pretty strong team he's he's fielded in this match so really absolutely no excuse I just thought they were appalling defensively they just had one of those games and we've seen it you know even these days some days the defense can just play like shit, and that's what happened, and they conceded four goals to a fucking pub team uh anyway, uh enough of that. we're out of Europe again, uh Liverpool next away uh I thought mark we were we were really unlucky here um last minute loss uh you know Michael Owen scoring on ninety uh It did mean that we had had three defeats in a row now with West Ham, Viking and now Liverpool, so I mean it was a bit of a grumpy time as I recall.
2: Yeah, not not good. Yeah, three de- three defeats on on the spin, uh, and we've gone from being sort of like third of the league down to fifth, and the good work of sort of like August September early season was in danger of being undone. Mm. But then we go to Main Road for the last time, mm. and you were and there. We have t- you were there. I was. I was. It was my l- last visit to Main Road. Uh, lo- lo- lovely story on this, actually. Um. Um god rest his soul he's passed away now but my my uncle uh eugene affectionately known as jamie um emigrated to new zealand in the early 1960s um but before that he was a regular at Stamford bridge so maybe unintentionally i got my chelsea supporting genes from him who knows um but he, he'd actually come back to the uk for the first time in sort of about 40 years and he, he wanted to go to a few games so this was perfect timing um so we actually, it's the only time I've ever flown to a game in the UK. We flew up in British Midlands for this game. Uh, and my cousin, um, very kindly, cousin Albert, um, he actually booked um, an executive box for about 10 of us. But he was in the Kipak stand. Um, and many executive boxes back then just had the glass screen. But City's um, executive boxes had, which similar to a lot of clubs have followed since now, and Chelsea have got them in the lower west. You could sit out with the fans. So you know, we had sort of like 12 seats sitting. Um, I think we'd probably be middle tier of the um, Kipak stand and all the Man City fans were in front of us. But that was fine in the first half. They probably didn't know who we were, but they clearly knew who we were when the three goals went in in the second half. And um, two fantastic goals from Zola, a great solo performance again, and a third goal from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. It was the odd missile R2 that came our way, you know, from the Man City fans when they realised who we were as we were celebrating gleefully in front of them. But, yeah, last time at Main Road, um, great trip, mad dash back to Manchester Airport. Our flight back was at six o'clock. So literally we had a cab booked, you dashed out of the ground as soon as the game was over, 15 minutes to Manchester Airport, and we made the flight back. Um. Yeah, good memories of that game. And as I say, my, my uncle sadly passed away. But he came back a couple of times after that as well. He enjoyed himself so much.
0: Good stuff. Um, they were three great goals, it has to be said. Um, uh, and it also made, with, with Zola scoring two, it made him uh, the Premier League's leading goal scorer. And he was awarded Player of the Month for October. Um, but of course, you know, it, it meant much to our our annoyance on the sidelines that he was keeping good Johnson out instead of playing Ida, Jimmy and Zola. Uh, basically, he was playing Jimmy and, and Zola up front. But, I mean, it was hard to argue having Zola in the side. He was playing brilliantly and evidenced by the fact that he was the leading Premier League goalscorer. Um, West Brom next at home. Pretty routine 2-0 win with Jimmy scoring and uh, Graham Lasso scoring. And we finish October in third position. So, in, in spite of losing those three games on the spin against West Ham, Viking and Liverpool, we, ha- we are turning it round, Mark.
2: Uh, we are. We finished in third position, so you know, not a bad end to the month. But there's another significant event in the annals of Chelsea history that happened in the month of October. From uh, a dear friend to this fan cast, um, affectionately known to many people as only a pound, uh, to many of us known as Dave Johnson. Um, Dave Johnson um, had previously uh, sued Ken Bates for libel. And clearly, I know the first rule of libel is you don't repeat the libel, so I won't repeat the libel. Um, But libel season in the courts of England begins in October. So the hearing was due to begin in early October, and Dave's case against Ken Bates was going to be the first case of the libel season. It's like the grouse season, isn't it? Like, yes, we're going to go to court for some libel. Um, But after some telephone negotiations between the, the two parties that went I think somewhat into the night, um, Ken Bates settled out of court. The day before the case was about to start. And Dave was the first person to sort of beat Ken in the courts. Very, very significant. And there is an interesting thing, whether or not this has any connection to obviously um, the libel that uh, Dave successfully sued Ken over. But it was about the Chelsea Independent Supporters Association that Ken had libelled, and that's who Dave challenged. Um, And ironically, in this last home game of the month, West Brom, uh, Ken makes reference to the Chelsea Independent Supporters Association and highlights all the things they have done with the the money from the fans down the years and all the positive things. Yeah. So maybe that was one of the outcomes of the case. Yeah. We, we may never know,
1: but yes. Well, was he forced to do that, though? Do you think um, that Don't was know. part of his uh, settlement? He was uh, Dave Don't got know. him to outline all the, uh, yeah. the positive things.
2: All, all I can say is if you've got the West Brom programme from the 26th of August, 2002, read Ken's column. But, yep, Dave successfully sued him for libel, and he won on an out-of-court settlement.
0: Well, it's an interesting thing. Is, is there not? There's a lovely uh, kind of print, isn't there, that was done. Uh, I can't remember whether it featured. I mean, well, I know I've seen it because Dave Dave showed it to me. But there's a lovely print, isn't there, of uh, him settling the libel case for only a pound or something like that. It's uh, that, you, you know the one I mean, Mark.
2: There was a cartoon yeah, on one it. of the one of the issues, whether it was uh, whether it was CFC UK or when it was called Matthew Harding's Blue and White Army Fanzine. But I do remember a cartoon where someone's drawn Dave and Ken, but I can't remember the content, the caption, etc. But yeah, fair play to Dave. You know, First person to beat Ken in the courts.
0: Quite right, too. Well done, Dave. Um, so there you go. Uh, we kick off November with uh, a, a rather dull nil-nil away to Spurs, but we didn't lose, which is always important against that lot. We then got the Worthington Cup first round or third round, really, where we got Gilling at our home. Uh, Colton Cole gets a brace uh, getting a, an outing the young youngster who of course made his debut at the back end of last season uh, two lovely goals for him the, the only notable there are two notable things about this game in my book one is that hurrah 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 Winston Bokhada made his final appearance for the club uh, and also Marlon King scored on 90 minutes for Gilliam Marlon King didn't he let her go to prison or something
1: 18 months yeah. for uh, um, uh, sexual assault Yeah,
0: lovely chat uh, we'll be careful what we say here because we don't want to end up in the libel courts. No, um, indeed. Allegedly. allegedly. No, I think definitely. I think it definitely happened, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Winston Bogard. I mean, shit. I'm, well, how, how none of us have written a book about Winston Bogard, Mark, is defies belief. What a ridiculous career he played at Chelsea.
2: And we talked about it on a previous Fifty year show. Uh, the man he played a significant part in the downfall of Gianluca Vialli. Viali never wanted him at Stamford Bridge. Viali never bought him. When we beat Barcelona in the previous season, Viali saw him as the, weak link. Robinson, the weakest link. Um, and 40 grand a week for many, many years. He was quite happy to sit in the reserves. He was quite happy to train you know, with the kids. He's quite happy not to play football. Now, the ironic thing, I don't know if he's still there, but for quite a few years in recent years, he was coaching the kids at Ajax, and if you think the production line of players that have come through in recent seasons, we bought one of them, Akin Ziech. That production line of players, many of those players would have been coached by Winston Bahada.
0: Yeah, Clearly not def- not in defence they weren't. <laughs> well, he
2: might he might have coached them and actually sort of like, you know, earning a lot of money for doing very little. Yeah, who knows? <laughs>
0: all very weird. Uh, next game, Birmingham at home, 3-0. Again, pretty routine. Uh, the interesting thing oh, about Ida scores a couple of goals here, if Zoda scores one as well. I mean, Ida's back. Um, I'm just wondering uh, where, where if Jimmy might have been injured here. Anybody remember? He's not, he's not even in the squad. He's not even on the bench? No, nope. Colton Cole came oh, on, on the okay. bench for Ida on 71 minutes.
1: So, it wouldn't surprise me he chose Cole in preference.
0: I think he's injured, mate. I hope so. Because he's not been around for... Oh, he, the last time, yeah, he went off. I think he got injured against Spurs because Ida came on for him on forty-four minutes.
1: And um, he, Ida's two goals against Birmingham were identical, weren't they? The first yeah, two, they were, and also, they? also brilliantly precise. That really terrific way that he could just slot the ball into the corner
2: mm. for Johnson. I, I, I can confirm. I've actually got the Birmingham City program in front of me, uh, and Mike Banks used to do a program column about the walking wounded and Jimmy's had a groin strain. So that's why he was missing. Good. All, right.
0: All right. Confirmed. Yeah. Well,
2: and and the reason why uh, Carlton Cole played obviously against Gillingham is Ida Good-Johnson was also out. He had a, an ankle strain he picked up against Tottenham.
0: Well, uh, thankfully, Jimmy's back uh, for the next match at home to Middlesbrough, which we win 1-0. But uh, Jimmy didn't score uh, who, uh, because he went off on uh, 76... No, I'm lying. He came on for Ida on 76 minutes, but the the, the score of the only goal was uh, Celestine babayaro on 47 minutes. Um, but the fact that we didn't concede in this match meant that we'd gone eight hours without conceding a Premier League goal. And as a consequence of that... Now, this I think is quite significant. Carlo Codicini got called up to the Italian squad. Um, now, if you remember, even in those days... Uh the Italians didn't really look very favourably on picking players who weren't playing in Italy for their squad. Uh and of course there's such a long line of I mean, I don't know, when when you when, when you think of Italian goalkeepers I always think of Dino Zoff or uh or uh, Gigi Buffon of course, you know. So they've got a a, a real tradition of great keepers. So the, the fact that Carlo got called up to the squad I, I I thought that was just brilliant that he had to be honest. I don't know what you, you two thought of that.
1: I, th- I thought he was he was performing so wonderfully, and and last ditch brilliant saves, and and his penalty successes as well, saving in the season. I think he the ten he faced at one stage, he saved five of them. Um, uh, uh the, the his agility and. Um, Ability to keep us in matches that other goalkeepers just wouldn't would have let the ball in was was phenomenal. He had a, a fabulous season, so it was no surprise to me. And he won an award at the end of the season for it, didn't he? he won the Golden Gloves. I he
0: think. did win the Golden Gloves, yeah. so he was the best the yeah. best Premier League best keeper. Yeah. Premier League.
1: He was absolutely remarkable. So, I mean, even in this game, the borough game, he, 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 two great saves that we yeah. saw on the video. He, he, um, he was
0: doing it Babi- week in, week out, wasn't he? I mean, that was a week
1: out, uh, all the time. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, you know, said so Babayaro's goal was his first for three years. When well, you forget, of course, he was doing all those every time he, when he scored, he did his uh, you, you had the delight of seeing his flick flacks all his f- backward flips, and everything, which uh, you rarely saw, we hadn't seen for ages. And there, of course, he scored, and then he did his routine,
0: yeah. So, I still, I still love the Baba Yaros. I mean, I, I used to love Baba Yara. I don't know why. There was just something about Baba Yara that I absolutely loved. But probably most of all, it was his song. One, Baba Two, Baba Three, Baba... That one. Four, Baba Five. Yeah. Whoa, Baba Yaros. That one. Yeah, Marco does a superb rendition of that, actually. I think it's one of his favourites, actually. Although he probably wouldn't admit it. He, he like me, like the Stanich one. You know, we talked about that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Because I reckon that emanated from Gate 17. You know, I always
1: like the We've Got Two Marios one. We've Got wasn't Two Marios.
0: Enough. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Heard enough. But they'd hardly played enough. Melchior didn't play much this season, much to your delight, JK. Yeah,
2: pleased yeah. about that.
0: When he did, he looked crap, it has to be said. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I, 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 I
2: like Mario. He did. Melchior played 37 games. Did he really? He did, Did yeah. he really? Yeah, and I think well, that was one of the things. Crushed my mouth. Yeah, well, you had... Start, yeah, you had um, and this is the thing about Terry not coming into just recently... You know, what you had for a large part of the season was you had Melchior at right back, you had Gallus and Desiree as centre backs, and you had either so at left back where he played for a large part of the season, or occasionally when he swapped round with Babriar and played left to midfield. Yeah,
0: yeah, JT didn't, he played 29 games in all, whereas uh, Melchior played 41. You're absolutely right, Mark. I don't know what I'm on. About and him. I don't know why I
1: agreed with you because I knew that as well. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Well, I, I yeah. saw him
0: making a lot of errors this season, that's yeah. all I'm saying, and I liked him. Uh, anyway, next up, we went to uh, went, went up to Bolton, uh, where Sam Allardyce is now the manager. Um, one one draw, Jimmy scored for us right at the death, so he got away with this one. Uh, Baba, having scored in the previous match, got sent off on 77 minutes for. An off-the-ball incident with jerkoff Sorry, Jorkov. And, of right. course, it was Mike Dean.
1: Yes, it was. That's and it was. makes you realise... What a twat he is. No, but also, it was 20 years ago. He was still he's being a twat. Just, he's only just retired. I know. Uh, do you know and what you I just think, think surely they're shelf by. They should give him yeah, 10 years in the Premier League and leave it at that.
0: Do you know and what? I just that? say that... I that thought exactly the from, same. Exactly, the exactly same. This, Yeah.
1: Yeah. They had... Um, Bolton had Warhurst playing for them. Oh, He's a cart horse, isn't he? Oh, no, no, he wasn't a cart horse. I, I disagree completely. Really? No, 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 no. What no, I loved about him was that um, he played for uh, Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, David Hurst got injured, and uh, this is 1993, and he played. Cent- he, they put him up to play centre forward. He scored 12 goals no, in 12 right, games man. and got called up for England. That's right. And I, I remember being absolutely fascinated by that, and and then I watched him and I thought. Yeah, you're a really skillful player because thought potential. Oh, yeah, that was a period where I thought England might do quite well, and I quite like watching them. They had Ericsson, and um, uh, even though Sven was Sven was a bit of a you know well, um, how can I put it? wasn't um, wasn't as good as uh, as as he thought he was or we thought he'd be. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but anyway, poor, poor old War, Warhurst. Then uh, when David Hurst came back. Trevor Francis, the Sheffield Wednesday manager, said, well, no, you're going back to play centre-half. And he said, I don't want to. I'm now a centre-forward. So he got transferred and he went to Blackburn. And he, he was part of the um, the title-winning team with Blackburn. And, and so it was a really terrific player. But he played in both the... Um, he was centre-half in the 1993 League Cup final and, the, uh, uh, and a striker in the 1993 FA Cup final. So, um, um, uh, you know, he, he was... Just, and then he played midfield for Palace and then he went to um uh, Bolton and he was playing in this game and he did, had a very decent shot. It was a very decent player. I just I, I was I, I was fascinated by him as a player because he appeared to be able to play excellently everywhere. And it, and it was I don't know. I just like decent players, and I was bemused by his. I still uh, think he was a Carl, his, his, mate. Yeah, we're obviously thinking about a different. No, war no, hurt.
0: no. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I remember the fact that he was basically a defender, and he and he uh, played up front for Sheffield Wednesday and scored a hatful yeah. of goals. I remember that. I'm more intrigued by the fact that Bolton, as befitting a, a dour northern side, had uh, one of the uh, the last of the summer wine playing for them. They had Compo playing for them, which I think is really. Uh, quite intriguing. I wonder if he wore his woolly hat. Sorry, I mean Campo, don't I? The Spanish bloke. Yeah. They had a good
1: good joke though, Chin.
0: Yeah, it fell about as flat as a fucking flat cap, didn't it? Um, (laughs) They also had the wonderfully named Juicy Jaskalainen that always made me giggle. Anthony Barnes was playing. He used to play for us. Uh, Mark? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Anthony Barnes was the player allegedly uh, that Scott Minto was meant to be. That When a Chelsea official went to watch Charlton and with instructions of buying the Charlton left-back, Scott Minto was missing that day, and Anthony Pardes was playing, and they actually signed Pardes instead of Scott Minto. Wow. Great story. I don't know if it's true. I didn't know yeah. that.
0: I didn't know that. Uh, they yeah. also had JJ Kocha playing, who was a wonderful footballer. Good player. I mean, it's the thing yes. about Bolton, actually, under under Allardyce. I mean, they were supposed to be clodhoppers, but they've got some players there. Campo, great Spanish player. Uh, JJ Kocha, uh Yuri Jerkov won the World
1: Cup with France, for fuck's sake, you know? He, he did wonderfully getting them together. Halliday. He did. Forget about that. They were a really difficult side to play they against. They were.
0: They were indeed. Uh, so we got a 1-1 draw up there. So I suppose that, all things considered, was not necessarily a bad result. Now, uh, the next match is Sunderland uh, at home. Now, here's the thing. I I desperately wanted it to be this match, but it might have been another one. I, I, I The reason I, I, I don't think it was this match was because I remember... This this was it was quite uh, dark, miserable weather. But I, I I think it must have been in a few seasons' time where Kevin Kilban had to change his shorts uh, on the touchline in uh, in front of the East Stand and got an absolute yes. burr. It wasn't this match, was it? Because mm-hmm. I remember it being really sunny that day, but being very amused by it at the time. Uh, it wasn't this match, so uh, I'll shut up and we'll save that for another well, I day. I remember,
1: well, even with the incident itself, I remember somebody passed the ball to him while he was still changing.
0: Well, that's right, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he then played it. Yeah, even though, well, with, his short,
0: with his shorts half uh, halfway yeah, up, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that. And I
1: actually, he appeared on Twitter, and I tweeted that to him. I said, oh, Kevin Kilban, the great Kevin Kilban, the only player to actually play the ball um, on the touchline uh, with your shorts down by your ankles. And he wrote back, this never happened, but why spoil a good story?
0: Well, I uh, thought I was
1: really yeah. unfair of him because I saw it with my own eyes yeah. in front of me. Yeah. He played the ball with his shorts down by by his ankles.
0: Well, I I remember it too because I remember it, he got that, a, a lot of stick, and he was quite yes, he was quite he was good about it. He was there was a bit of yeah.
1: banter going
0: on with. It the, not only yeah. really stick,
1: but a huge amount of laughter. Yeah, it was you know, a very very funny moment. But, but it very wasn't
0: funny. this game, J.K. I know, but I I to tell, we we'll, to we'll, tell have, we'll anyway. have to. Well, you and I will both forget anyway. So by the time we get round to the season it was in, we'll tell it like it was the first time we've ever <laughs> yeah. told it. So we will
1: say, did you know that in this yeah. game... Mc- no, Jordan's I
0: had George... no idea, we'll say. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we won 3-0, uh, which uh, was, of course, uh, you know, one would expect of Sunderland, who uh, now at the moment managed by Howard Wilkinson and later to be managed by uh, Mick-, Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy. Proper Northerner, even though he played for Ireland. Uh so there we go. Uh I've lost my place. Yeah, well, that's the end of the month, really. Um oh I know. There was something notable about this game. Uh Torre Andre Flo was playing for uh for Sunderland. The much much missed, much uh, loved Tory Andre Flo was playing up top with uh, Kevin Phillips, who was a damn good striker, Kevin Phillips has to be said. So there you go. Um that was it. So three 0 Gallows. Judge- yeah,
2: what? I've Googled, you are absolutely right. I've, the Northern Echo confirms that the hapless Kevin Kilban made sure that some of them were ultimately caught with their pants down, literally <laughs> and metaphorically at Stamford Bridge. Right, yeah. in, the, in this match?
0: Re- in this match?
2: Yes, you were spot on. I just Googled it. No way. You were spot on. No no were spot on. Yeah. They're basically described as something you know you would see in a Brian Rick's far. You know? It did happen, Kevin. It did happen. So it was this match? I
0: th- I wasn't sure match- if it was
2: this match. If you Google the Northern Echo, December 2002, you're absolutely right. It happened in this game.
0: Well, there you go. Well, JK would have had an exceptionally good view because it happened right by the, the right, dugout.
2: Right in front of me. But I had absolutely. a good view.
0: I had a good view because we could see all the way down would, there from where would. I am. Yeah, But it was
1: just by the east stand. It was just by the middle yeah. of the front. And I yeah. was in the third row. Yeah. But then why, why did he deny it? Why? He's
0: embarrassed, mate. Oh, Embarrassed. Goodness. Anyway, we finish uh, November in third, and um, we now go into December. We've got uh, a Worthington Cup round four match at home against Everton, um, which is, you know, we've had some great matches against Everton at home. We we always seem to beat Everton, whereas away we often struggle, as we all know. Not the case this time. We played them at home, uh, and we beat them four-one in the Worthington Cup. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on twenty-six. Petit scored an absolutely superb goal which had been set up by Zola who kind of he kind of lobbed it over the last defender uh, from outside the penalty area and Petit caught it in, in one move, put it away. Fucking superb goal. Stanich scored on 69 minutes. Jimmy scored a fourth on 71. And then Naismith uh, scored a consolation goal for Everton on 80. Uh, but even more hilarious was the fact that Rooney missed a penalty. Or actually what we should say is Kudcini saved a penalty on 79 minutes. And John Terry was the captain and officially, according to Ranieri, would be the team captain now whenever uh, Marcel Desai was absent, which he was on that game, chaps.
1: I sort of thought it was a bit meaningless, really. So, uh, I mean, what did that mean? That he, he would, he would not play him or he'd only be captain when Desai didn't play but club captain was soxy it's all got a bit confusing to me I'm afraid
0: well it's very typically Italian and disrespectful of um, the role of captain although because you know from Capello who really didn't like the concept of a captain I mean Italian managers will quite often make the captain the guy who's played the most matches so they'll make the most experienced guy captain they don't bother about who who the best captain should be? I yeah. can't remember who it was, but in one of the player interviews, somebody very pointedly said about Marcel being the captain. It
1: was J. It was, Jay, it was uh, Jimmy. Jimmy,
0: wasn't it? Which I thought yes, I thought was a bit of a dig right. about Terry. Actually, it
1: was a dig. It yeah, was.
0: it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm glad you saw that because I yeah. thought at the time, oh fucking hell, that's a bit naughty. Yeah. Well, well um, Interestingly,
1: well. for the um the penalty was Rooney then uh, congratulated. Uh, Carlo for saving it, which because yeah. uh, he was a very young boy, I think early later on in his career he wouldn't have done it; he'd have gone and stamp yeah, stamped, stamped on his foot,
0: stamped on him, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Can I just say the first goal that we scored which was a great Zola goal. Was um, uh, sorry, no, was a, a J, a, a Jimmy Floyd ha- Hasselbank was Melchiot to Baba to Soxy to Zola, who just played a, a superb pass. What I what what I noticed about so many of these goals was they appeared to come from long balls from midfield and Jimmy would run onto them or Ida would run onto them with consummate control and the the little master himself setting everything up. Not only did he score a huge number of goals this season, Franco, but his ability to put people in was was second to none and therefore should obviously have been playing all season with the other two because those were his superb skills. But the number of times that you relied on jimmy floyd's superb pace and ida's just brilliant skill couple of superb strikers and uh um uh, you know and i will we'll talk about this at the end in particular because i'll just repeat what i said in the last episode uh, that uh with with these superb players they should have done better but um, um, we will. Well, you know, it should have been picked together more, shouldn't they? No, well, indeed, 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 indeed. But um, but it was this the fact that the number of long balls that were played, relying on on the the skill of the strikers, was uh, and they and they would provide the goods. So often did, I and mean, once again, Jimmy's ability to get a shot off from nothing, from an angle, sets himself up. So keen on creating the angle. Bap. The goalkeeper is either saving it or it's going in.
0: There's a word I haven't heard since last season on your on your uh, little uh, fan by things. BAP. <laughs> BAP. BAP. Soon, it'll soon return. The BAP. The I BAP can't will be wait. back. The BAP will be back. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're into the next uh, round of the Worthless Cup. Uh, we didn't have Everton away in the league. And uh, guess what? We pretty much do it all over again. Stanich on five, Jimmy on 28 minutes. Naismith gets one like he did against us in the cup match on forty three and then Gronquiar rounds up with a really good goal actually, on ninety minutes uh now interestingly enough, just before that uh I just to add insult to injury, really Unsworth was sent off uh and this is the interesting thing about that was that it was a tussle with Gronquiar where he basically ended up pulling him over and landing on him but Gronquiar uh pleaded with the referee uh who i 'm just about to remind myself who it was. Kenneth Will- I want to say Kenneth home, but it wasn't. It was Eddie home. no relation I'm sure. But he pleaded with him not to. Um so it was a bit of a bit of a I I don't know. I mean, do you think he should have gone for that, Mark?
2: No. No, I yeah. don't No, I I think the old fashioned term would call be handbags between those two players. Uh, they, they they just, you know, almost like fell on top of each other. Gromkar gets a yellow and Unsworth gets a red. And I think that was very sporting of Gronkar. I think he was just explaining to the referee. They should have both got a yellow and then he clearly is the villain of the piece, then. You know, despite in trying to get Unsworth only a yellow card, because clearly when Gronkjar then goes up a minute later and scores our third goal, you can hear the booing of the Everton fans towards him. Calm down, I, calm
1: down. I, I remember it. I was there. It became a very um, volatile atmosphere. Yes, for that. But especially when he scored, you actually felt they were going to run on the pitch because uh, they felt they felt it was completely unjustified. I mean, to be fair, Mark, it, when Unsworth, I know they were both grabbing at each other, when Unsworth fell over, and it's what I think the referee chose as the reason to send him off, he did grab him round the neck. And I think that was just the moment. I mean, I agree with you. It, it, it did look like Six of one, half a dozen of the other, and I don't think if he'd had VAR now, they'd have seen that very little went on. But just knowing there wasn't VAR, this one moment where Unsworth um, looked slightly as if he uh, was attempting to strangle him, I think was possibly what, what pushed it into the red card zone. You know,
2: but but it it, it didn't stop there. Basically, what happened after the game, uh, and this is a young David boys you know, because we talked about him on the last show being manager at Everton. He had to be dissuaded from confronting Wilson Home by five police officers after the game. He <laughs> was that mad at that decision because Underworth was sent off for violent conduct and what Wilson Home says, he uses his knee against Gronkia. Yeah? And striking an opponent is a red card offence and it doesn't matter what you strike him with. Yeah, And he basically said, things will have to go through the proper channels and I'll probably look at it again. But Everton appealed, but the red card was um confirmed. Well, there we go. David there's seen? another there's another but. Uh-huh. As a result of that, uh, Everton managed to pre- prevent Wolsenheim from refereeing um, the next game lined up against Bolton Wanderers three weeks later.
0: Oh, interesting. Well you'd have been
1: lynched anyway, probably wouldn't wouldn't oh, have made yeah. it onto the pitch. Camden
0: uh anyway uh so we walloped them i mean look the interesting thing about this is that that win against everton away makes us second uh with just two points uh off arsenal who are top at the moment which you know given uh, where we had a we lost three on the spin after you know and around the time we we lost and the uh, you know got knocked out by viking stavanger it's a pretty good turnaround. now that means our next match which is middlesbrough away uh it means if we'd have won this we would have gone top so guess what We didn't. Of course we didn't. Uh, We drew one all. Um, Some bloke called Jeremy scored on 32 Minutes. Uh, John Terry equalised on 42. Uh, And of course, we were to get to know Jeremy very well. Uh, In fact, and I I apologise to any ladies listening and anybody who thinks this is a misogynistic, sexist song. But many years later, when Jeremy joins us, we did actually manage to add, add additional verses to the Celery song with the line, If Damien Duff don't tickle her muff, we'll send in Jeremy. Which uh, I've always, that tickled me actually, I have to say. So, apologies to those who are offended by that. It was in the song. That's what I'm saying. Uh, You know. Adam
1: was convinced he was actually Geramai.
0: Geramai? Yes. You have very strange mates up in the East Middle, mate. I can tell you. Geramai.
1: (laughs) Geramai.
2: What was he on?
1: is I playing today? It's Jeremy, oh,
2: actually. Right. Oh, we've signed him for Middlesbrough. We've signed that northern lad called Jeremiah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was just thinking because there are there are let's just let's, we just say a few posher fans who yeah. think that it's not actually Carefree, it's Jeremy or Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like get I wherever you may be, It doesn't quite work as well, does it? But there you go. Uh, right we then have the fifth round of the worthless cup. We're up at United away, but a tough match, you would have thought. So it proved apart from one thing, uh, Diego Forlan scores on 80 minutes, which is the uh, only goal of the match. And uh, it's our first defeat in two months and we get knocked out. Uh, we'll, we'll park Forlan there, Mark, because we will return to him later in the show, oh. at which point we can, we can exact our approbrium. Appro, appro, er, 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 opprobrium is I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, then we have Vela at home, uh, fairly routine for us. A uh, couple of goals we win by. Good Johnson on 42, Lampard on 57. Uh, and then we're into the, uh, you know, the last two fixtures of the year. So a uh, boxing day, classic. Uh, you know, this, uh, always used to be Southampton on a boxing day. And I, I used to kind of like that. I mean, as we all know, Southampton's kind of my, uh, now my local team. Um so whether it was away or home, it was a. Uh, I mean, actually, I'm, I'm obviously living very much in London. I bought a flat about a couple of years before. But uh, Boxing Day against Southampton, we're second in the league. We draw nil nil, uh, and then the last match of the year, a couple of days later, against Leeds away, we lose two nil. Uh, oh, yeah, oh. Uh, and Woodgate scores. Milner scores just on half time. Milner, sixteen year old debut.
1: But uh, Jonathan, he knew he was going to score. I was there. Oh, well, you really, well, the real, the real story, the real
0: yeah. story of these two matches are, we actually battered Southampton. We battered them, but couldn't yeah. finish our dinner. Yeah. But Ranieri made six changes for that game. Uh. He made seven for the Leeds game. Uh. I mean, you know, and it, 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 they talk about it on the DVD, don't they? That, uh, you know, that he he makes light of being called the Tinker Man. Uh, it was also Albert, Albert Ferrer's final appearance against Leeds, uh, Mark will tell us all about Leeds' debts in a minute. Um, but very infuriating finish to the season, really. A, a, a draw against Saints where we sh- we really shouldn't have drawn. Remember, we're second in the league. Uh, and and then losing away at Leeds, uh, you know, because we've made so many flaming changes, really. But we do finish the year in s- second in the table, four points behind Arsenal, having played a game more. Uh, and West Ham, just just so you all know, are still bottom of the league. But Mark, Le- Leeds had announced massive debts, hadn't they? In 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 the July, a bit like we had.
2: Yeah, we we talked about the start of the show, uh, and obviously the debts Chelsea had with the seventy five million pound euro bonds, they had to pay back eight million pound interest a year. Um, but Leeds actually announced debts of seventy nine million. So I think their debts at that point were less than ours. I think ours were ninety million pounds. And they began a fireside sale of players that started at the start of the season. I think they sold Rio Ferdinand and I think they sold Robbie Key. But this would then continue in January and we'll talk about it when we get to January. So this was a weakened lead side. And I think um, O'Leary had fallen on his sword as well for not getting into Europe. And that was the catalyst for all the debt problems they had. Leeds were down towards the end of the table. They hadn't won at home um, since, you know, I think... I think the end of August, early September. So that one owned for three months. And then we rock into town, bearing in mind, as you said, we'd been unbeaten for two months. So we recovered from that disaster against Vikings to Vanga. We were second in the table. we have dropped silly points against Southampton and we should have won. Leeds away, you would have said, would have been a 3 point there, and where Leeds were. But we were beaten outside. of And, we, you know, James Milner sort of like bumped off school to come along and play in that
0: and scored the winner. I mean totally infuriating. Ch- you know, charity FC strikes yet again. Uh Southampton at the time were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they were well, they were not not being their usual shit self. Uh Leeds We were just very unlucky there. Uh, well, it's just so redolent of of last last season, as in as in the last season we've all just witnessed, where we couldn't finish our dinner very infuriating i mean e- even more so when you think you know who do we have uh who did we have playing up front against southampton we had uh we had oh well that's interesting um uh, we had uh franco was the only striker we had i think am i getting that no jimmy was playing so we had jimmy and jimmy and franco up front you know that's been good enough to like do a lot of the teams this season Ida came on for kike de lucas on 80 minutes so no excuses, really, I'm afraid.
1: Well, the, the excuse should be that either Jimmy and Franco should have been playing together from the beginning.
2: Well, exactly that. But no, there I mean, we go. Jimmy, Jimmy was benched for the Leeds game as well, which was another bad call. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Came, came on a half-time, didn't team, Yeah, but, you know, one team, Hasselbank, would want to put one over on. Yeah, it would have been Leeds. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely mental from uh, Ranieri there. Well, what we want to ask the question is, is will the mentalness continue into the second half of the season in the new year? Well, you'll have to wait to find out because that is the end of part one. And then we will be back to recount the tale of what happened from January to the end of the season in part two. So don't go away uh, and uh, join us for part two soon.